Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast and unlike Supreme, <laughs> we're on our way up, baby. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here with my two esteemed co-hosts, Rowan and Mike. Gentlemen, what it how's do? it going? You know, all good, man. Just out here complaining and whining like the old people we are that prices are getting too expensive for shoes just on a retail market. So no pleasing us. Yeah, no, I was just happy one of us knew to hit the record button because we've definitely <laughs> been in that scenario before where we have a fire conversation right yeah. before the show starts like and then the show time. starts. So to, to get the listeners up to speed 30 seconds into this episode, uh, we were just having a conversation about the Supreme... And what's the shoe called again? I don't even know what court it's called. Posit. One yeah, more? The, the court posit. Court posit. Yeah. Worn by one what famous athlete? Uh, well, he didn't wear them. He just held them in his hand for a picture. But it was uh, Carlos Alcarez was the promoter in their lookbook. Uh, for those who don't know who that is, he is. I guess he's still world number one. Should be at this point. Um, tennis player, and it's an old tennis shoe that's been that was a deep cut. I don't feel like no one really knows like about that shoe, and that's why. Rowan and I were saying, hey, you know what? I think it's probably just going to sit around longer than we expected. So, Mike. No, no just tell me this, Rowan. Mm-hmm. So that shoe wouldn't come out as a retro because it's such a deep cut, like Mike was saying, unless Supreme was on it. But, like, you weren't a huge fan of the Supreme part of it, the aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, not at all. I mean, yeah. I think I literally feel like the living, breathing embodiment of the Steve Buscemi meme that I reference so often in this podcast, where <laughs> I just feel like uh, if I wear anything with the word Supreme on it, I look like a chump, I look like a poser, but then in my mind, maybe that's one step closer for the brand jumping the shark if it already hasn't. So it's a give and a take. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I've never owned a single piece of Supreme item, not even like any of those little trinkets or stickers, anything. Never, I never was. I guess I never really got into like the the brand itself. Nothing wrong with it. I mean, I like where it started skate culture, but I feel like I just kept looking up at a certain point, and everyone had it, and that just I guess wasn't so appealing to me. And it's, they don't really make amazing designs of anything. They just slap on a couple of pictures and call it a day. And I think the one thing about that shoe, if they released it as a retro, I would have been more excited without the Supreme that's embossed into the top of the eyelets. Um, that's the only crappy part about the shoe everything else is solid i think yeah i mean instead of supreme make it the alcaraz one like to your point mike if it's such a deep cut use this as an opportunity to rebrand it's something we Mm -hmm. see with the adidas led kobe sneakers they're no Mm -hmm. longer called the kobe's they're the crazy ones or the crazy eights why can't you do something similar yeah see i was looking around the room because normally there's something from supreme within hands reach of me (laughs) all i have is this um Obama light, um, ashtray. It's a um, Supreme? So, yeah, it's, it's Obama smoking <laughs> a joint ashtray. Um, but so, I like Supreme stuff, but to Rowitz, 
very insightful point. As you get older, it kind of does feel a little bit weird unless you're it's a truly youthful soul. I know some people older than me that make Supreme look fantastic. Mm-hmm. But Supreme, like many things, like many brands, had its heyday, and now it's not the heyday. They got bought by, what, like LV brand or something? or VF, yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah VF whatever. Corporation. Yeah. And it's they went corporate, and now you see what it looks like when you go corporate. You get a Supreme court posit for no reason. But also, <laughs> like Mike said, that's a deep cut. Like that shoe doesn't get retroed without Supreme saying, "Let's do a fucking weird shoe." And um, I mean, not right? only that as well. Like to Mike's point, we saw this with Carlos Alcaraz around the U.S. Open, and it is now almost a month after the fact. Yeah. If you're trying to capitalize it, if you're trying to give Carlos Alcaraz a supreme bump, if you will, or vice versa, why pull the trigger now? And it's also one of those things that you mentioned that kind of kickstarted something in my mind. Compare and contrast supreme with Kith, Robbie, because on the surface, they seem very similar in terms of they cater towards a younger audience or mm. younger, more nostalgia-obsessed youth. But then at the same time, Kith still feels very much within its lane. It never comes across as forced. And is it something as simple as the fact that it's not yet acquired by the likes of a larger corporation, or am I missing the point? Mike, do you have a thought on that? Yeah, I actually do. So I was, it's funny. I actually thought about that the other day. I was like, how is you know how do we look at these brands this way? Like you said, Supreme is very youthful. Not saying we're like super old by any means but it's like we think of people early 20s late teens who wear supreme but when i see kith ronnie has done it in such a elevated way i mean look who has to do his lookbooks i mean with brian cranston you have like way older seinfeld. than us like you know what I'm saying? Like, he's he's got yeah, seinfeld he's getting people who are like head and shoulders older than us promoting clothes that still look cool so we feel like we're kind of in that right lane of it's uh, it, if I had to go into office, I can wear this Kith stuff and be okay almost. Yep. As opposed to if I wear Supreme with somebody flipping the bird on the on the shirt, I'm like, they're gonna go home, bro. Like, try again. I wear Kith yeah, and... literally to work, and see, <laughs> I can go As from the office to the basketball game to the plane. Like, it works really well. It's definitely the 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 original ownership has a huge aspect to play with why Supreme and Kith feel different. Supreme used to make weird weird stuff that had practical purpose for somebody looking for that item, like the thermist mugs, right? Or a flower vase. If you're looking for a flower vase, Supreme has one that says fuck you on it. Right? Like that kind of stuff. It, it it's fun, kitschy, different, but a lot of those ideas came from somebody probably to smoking a joint saying like, this would be fun to have a vase that said, fuck you on it. And a towel that said F you on it, et cetera, et cetera. Now, algorithmically, they're probably oh. saying red, black, sell really well. Um, uh, Nike and I, Nike and Supreme do really well. Um, you know, it's just all so thought formulaic. out. In a, yeah. Formulaic thought out in a not fun way. Yeah. One last talking point. And Mike, you being the tennis buff of the show, was the court posit also the shoe that, for whatever reason, Nike never released in a traditional way? And if I remember correctly, didn't they release them only to 
the likes of TJ Maxx or Marshalls. Like it had that weird kind of history behind it. So that's a different one. So this is actually it's uh that's another weird deep cut sneakers where it wasn't a court posit. It was a Nike Zoom Vapor ten with a foam posit uh one upper. Okay. So when they were we're doing those hybrids, so when you had the Jordan three fed, you had the Curios and I uh, uh Curry uh Kyrie uh vapor. They also did the foam posit, which became the low top foam posit that was found pre COVID everywhere and uh everywhere in like Ross's, Marshall's, things like that, which became like a weird like had a weird cult following because no one had ever seen it and people thought it was just a fake sneaker until they I guess they did their digging. Interesting what shoes show up and this wasn't going to be a part of the topic, but like <laughs> the Roshi shows up at Marshall's, right? The Roshi right now is like $25 on sale. I saw it um, already again. No, it's insane. Nobody wants that shoe. Why the, why, why do you make that shoe? Why do you make a $250 strive for greatness down puffer jacket? Nike? I was, like, waiting. I was waiting for this with like <laughs> the fake Versace looking all over it's just bro it doesn't help that we talked about this in the, in the chat earlier is like how you have a 240 dollar jacket but lebron jacket when lebron retros mm. are going for 150 dollars 80 dollars <laughs> on on sale so it's just not matching up like <laughs> it does not match up it also doesn't match up how we always compare mj and lebron and they always will be but like in this realm mj is not lebron LeBron's not MJ. MJ yeah. can charge $300 for a Jordan jacket, and I think more people are in the market for that. Over, And I love the strive for greatness. I love all of LeBron's just a kid from Acro. All his hashtags, they yeah. resonate with me. Roll with the winners. Whatever it might be. <laughs> but like a lot of people are going to see that on the jacket and be like, that fool's corny. That's a cornball jacket. I don't know. That's just my humble opinion. Also, the Jordan 12 being $240. Why is the Jordan 12 almost the same price as a LeBron Strive for Greatness dry fit <laughs> puffy jacket? They want you to get both. Where they want the fit. You want you to mix and match your goats. No, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, I almost think that's a sacrilegious sin, almost similar to wearing <laughs> Nike sneakers with Adidas socks or vice versa, because you can only have one, apparently. It's like so, it's either it, Jordan or it's LeBron. But what That's a weird this... point. It kind of is. I mean... I've never really mixed the two players with my clothing. No, and I think we're all so subconsciously leaning one way or the other that if we did, there would be so much clowning because we are very polarized. We are very tribal. And right now, if you are a basketball fan on any surface level classification, you will inevitably get asked the question of LeBron or Jordan, and you cannot pick both or you cannot have an answer that deals with equal parts subtlety or nuance. It has to be one the answer and the reasoning has to be bombastic and you have to die on that hill. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but I mean, I'm curious because when I was younger, my early twenties, I, I loved to buy the witness LeBron dry fit t-shirt and like, the LeBron dope. branded banky shorts. I wonder what, what is that market? Because LeBron's the old dog at the park now. So, Aren't kids wanting more of like the Zion co-branded stuff or the Jaw co-branded no stuff? No one's buying stuff anymore. I mean, you remember, uh, Robbie, when we, we, I mean, you worked in uh, Foot Locker as well, where that was like the, the thing, like I'm going by 
the new LeBrons, I'm getting the witness shirt to go with it. Or I'm buying the new yeah. Jays, I'm getting the, the full fit. You know, feeling athlete, Kobe, whatever it may be. Now kids are like, all right, I'm going to go buy the shoe, but I'm going to go get a, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to re- I'm gonna go get a fill-in-the-blank, this vintage-style shirt to yep. wear with my mesh shorts. They're not buying the Nike clothes anymore. They're going and buy high fashion. They're buying uh, Eric Emanuel shorts and stuff to wear with that. It's a whole different – it's a fashion show in the court. When we're trying to look like a player, they're out there – looking like the runway of like, or the next rap video, they're like, look, I'm going to be out there in my $100 shorts, my $200 vintage shirt, and I was just trying to catch my stuff on sales. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it, it's exactly that. And it's also one of those things where the symmetry and the synergy that used to be there is no longer there. And I think this younger generation loves to play in chaotic elements. And that is chaotic because I think, all three of us are from a generation that if you're going to spend $100 on a pair of shorts, best believe those are not going to be your performance shorts. Those are going to be the lounge around, I'm at home. If, nah, if you're dating I'm going a to church no other, shorts at that point. Yeah, that's my Sunday exactly. best. <laughs> like, that's $100. You'll find me at the altar. I'm ready to pull the, the ring out if the shorts have pockets. As long as nothing's risen in the short while the sermon's happening. You're spe- fine. Speaking of which, can you get a washed king bathrobe, Nike? You're welcome. Well, I mean, so they've. It feels like. How do I want to phrase this? Um, given our esteemed panel. Um, <laughs> oh jeez. Nike. It's like the Lord of the Rings, right? So there, there's a point in which Frodo and Sam are off the path. You know, Frodo's fucking wrapped up in spider web. Like they're about to die. Gollum could take the ring things are looking kind of bleak they ultimately end up throwing the ring into mordor things mm-hmm. end out okay but i think right now in this current juncture of time nike's in its oh shit frodo's about to die um <laughs> what do we do <laughs> you know you know what we do we hope that that seven foot frenchman is everything we expect him to be in then some but right. even then that's going to be a sea change because Hopefully, I'm not teeing up the next topic too much, Robbie, but it's like we still, for all of his brilliance, we're not expecting Wemby to do anything in terms of move merch, are we? Well, I don't think so whatsoever because, no, nah, but this is, this is me. My ta- I'm taking my Spurs hatter, my Spurs hatter, my Spurs hater hat off, <laughs> and I'm going to just be completely, and it's funny because Britt's actually sitting right here next to me, so she's probably Hi, just about to throw something at me. They say hello. I watched him play preseason, and he's looking better than what I saw during summer league. Thank goodness. So good on you know Spurs fans, um, but he's not going to move anything so much so that Nike is l- literally branding weights at this point. Like, I hope they give him him because he needs to lift a weight. But so, okay, Robbie, save us from this. I, I thought Mike was going to say something. <laughs> no, nice. it's. I don't think. I mean, it's. It's interesting because if Lamelo can get people to buy Puma. The seven foot six dude who's way, I mean, bigger in stature, but like Lamelo had hype, but for different reasons. No one right? cares about his basketball play. Though. Exactly. Biden have they're like, oh, he has a green car with a weird mohawk. Like I don't know what he's like. He's exactly. Like a joke on the streets. <laughs> but Wemby could be so good to where people come back to pasture the Nike pasture because of him. But the same, I, I bring up the lost nature of maybe. Nike's current predicament because for a long time since Adidas bought Reebok I want to say that was about 2014 
I could Sounds, be wrong. I need, I, need, right. I need to make Google that. Um, fact check, hold on. Yeah, fact check me, dog. Um, that brand Reebok has felt a little lost. There's been some very, there's been some great highs, really good collabs, really good re-releases of retros, consistent retros. Uh, they've profited very well from kind of like this, the white sneaker craze over the past by the way. couple of years. 2005? 2005, I didn't realize it was that they had Holy that long. cow. So that's almost 20 years of just Reebok being a subsidiary of Adidas. They're now under out from underneath the Adidas umbrella and kind of trying, they're trying to right the ship in sense yeah. of clear direction, clear leadership. What does the future look like? And they did that by signing both Shaquille O'Neal and Allen Iverson. Um, I believe Shaq is the... Uh, no, president. AI is the VP of basketball and Shaq's the president yes. of basketball. Yes. Um, who did they, just to help me out, guys, who did they sign? Angel Reese? Yes, yes sir. And also, uh, well, I should probably notice, but I mean, I'm not a bear. Jalen Hurts. No, not Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Um, Justin See? Fields, pardon me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That guy, the guy who's not no, Jalen Hurts. Justin Fields, who is <laughs> miraculously playing better. But yeah. in the last month and a half, Reebok has announced two huge and young athletes mm -hmm. being a part of their brand and two seasoned veterans Shaq above iris and it's being a seasoned veteran of business running stuff yeah. making things better improving um you bring the you bring your two biggest athletes you've ever had at the brand the two models you keep retroing every month and you bring <laughs> those two people back into the building i'll leave i think it's cool what do you guys yeah. think no, it's one of the smartest things they've done. I mean, they've gave, like, if you look at it, not only is it smart to bring in your two biggest athletes, but you're also bringing in two athletes, even post-retirement, are still very big and known. Like, although kids now may not have seen Allen Iverson play, they would probably at least recognize it, like, in a person, oh, that's Allen Iverson, I've heard about him from my parent or from an older sibling, things like that. Uh, and they are still really deep into the basketball community by putting on things for young kids more so AI with he still has his Iverson classic, things like that. So with them being ground level, being able to still reach the young kids who are playing now, they're able to start getting talent, being able to touch that talent at a younger age to where, hey, let's plant the seed. Because from my understanding, Reebok is looking to get back into those competitive fields of performance basketball, uh, performance football, things of that nature, things they were in in the past where they were leaders of the, of the pack. Now they're just trying to, like I said, they ride at the ship and they're, they're coming back to, to get a piece of the pie. Uh, and a piece of the pie is where I'll kind of use this as a segue. So two things. I think the Iverson hire is more of a nostalgia, right? We don't know about Iverson's previous business experience. Mm -hmm. We just know that right now he probably has the highest rating out of anybody from that generation not named Kobe. And that's primarily mm -hmm. because he's been the one that showcased love back to this current and future generations, which mm -hmm. is something that old NBA players just struggle to do with no matter what era they're from. Yeah. Uh, the Shaq thing is interesting because to your point, Robbie, he is a businessman. He has been the face of a lot of companies that have been outside the athletic industry. So, but two things. One, whenever you see Shaq on a brand, there's almost this kitschy aspect to it. Like I can think of the general commercials. I can think of those cans mm -hmm. that you see at 7-Eleven with his big ass face on them. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily inspire confidence in terms of, starting a new habit of buying Shaq branded product 
like you're going to buy it initially because you're like, oh, Shaq's face is on this can. Let me try it. I don't have a high return on that. But then the other thing, and this is something that's probably going to be a reoccurring theme in this particular episode is we've always lamented the fact that big men can't sell sneakers. And I think the one exception that we've had to that rule has been Shaq, especially during his Orlando Magic uh, days. But now we're looking at a big man trying to sell sneakers in a completely different way. He's no longer the star athlete. He's trying to do this from a boardroom perspective. And that's what's going to make this very interesting. Because if knowing Shaq and knowing what his core competency is, he still finds untraditional ways to gain success. So that's why I think it is going to be a shrewd hire. And I'm cautiously optimistic that I think he is going to figure this out. Because if nothing else, Shaq does a great job aligning himself with brands right at the tipping point. Or at that moment, and I'll use this example, I think of Lexmark printers, right? He single-handedly brought the printers back for millennials. <laughs> well, and that's what I could see him do with Reebok. Shaq is just, no matter what age you are, Shaq is just so cool. Like, it, it would be really difficult for any athlete, be professional or NIL, even if it's not an athlete, an artist like Cardi B, they have her on the roster. It'd be difficult to sit in a room with Shaq and not walk away like, fuck, okay, I might do business with this guy. I was thinking of doing business with Brand X, but now after that conversation with Shaq, he gets me, he gets people, he gets what's cool. Shaq is a fucking DJ. Shaq's on the biggest, and has been for years, the biggest basketball show there is on TV inside the NBA. He's a world-class traveling DJ, the businessman. He's just so many <laughs> yeah, I mean, things. It's it's been so many different things to so many different people. Shaq's for the people. Yeah. Yep. And uh, what was my point I was going to make about Shaq? Hopefully I can come around to it. But it's one of those things where with Shaq, there is a feel-good factor. And this is the point I was going to make. Who do you two consider to be the most successful businessman that's been associated with the NBA? Shaq and Magic. Magic. And I think yeah. Shaq is the one that ironically followed in that Laker footstep of being the next business leader mm-hmm. coming out of the NBA. So that's yeah. the other thing where I think Shaq also has a slightly higher Q rating because say what you will about Shaq, he doesn't miss when it comes to investments the way mm-hmm. Magic Johnson sometimes does. I look at the mm-hmm. Magic Hour. I look at his tweets. Like They're almost bordering on parody. And as great of a businessman as some people think Magic Johnson is, I still think there's this kind of aura of him being a dunce or stating the obvious that Shaq doesn't, doesn't do. So that's why I think ultimately he is going to be proved, proved to be more successful than magic. And like I said before, I start to sound like a broken record. I think this is going to be a good play for Reebok. I'm just cautiously optimistic to see, do they open up more of their vault? And to your point, Robbie, are we going to see things outside the Shaq gnosis and the answer? Because that's what it feels like Reebok's playbook has been for the last three, five years. I think it was a good sign. And we saw the, um, the ES 22. I mean, Hadn't seen Emmitt Smith in a while. They're, I mean, from from my, what I've seen, at least overseas, they're bringing back some other answers that we don't ever see, like the answer three is supposed to be coming back. When have we seen that last? I mean, like you said, though, you still want to find stuff outside of that, and it feels like they're getting to that point. I mean, it takes a while to get this stuff primed, and you know how long it is to build a shoe. But I, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel good about it because I feel like there's just a new, like a breath of fresh air since they kind of got the shackles of Adidas off of them. Yeah. I mean, to go back to wanting to work with Shaq from his charisma, Shaq and AI both give off really big uncle vibes. 
Like, oh, <laughs> Uncle Shaq. Let's go work with Uncle Shaq. Let's go work with Uncle AI. And I think what they are most going to bring, I don't foresee. They did a, um, an Iverson, not, 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 not the legacy, but like a question looking model retro from like a year and a half ago. Um, I don't foresee new models really coming from them. What their power is going to be is getting people like Justin Fields to come. And by having Justin Fields, you put a popular name brand, the athlete, to tie with a Nano X3, to tie yeah. with the training stuff they're doing, to tie with the beautiful running shoes they make, right? So Angel Reese at LSU with her, you know, with the big three they have at LSU, if she's on court like doing like strength training, just like in a pair of like Reebok workout shoes, yeah, her pull is so big, and you see, oh, those are the Angel Reeses. They're not the fucking Angel Reeses, but to a consumer, hey, if they can build that connection, man, and she plays a lot, and personality wise, is a lot like Iverson. She's very mm-hmm. unapologetically her. She knows her game can back it up. So yeah. she's going to say what she wants to say. Take the ball from her. Yeah, she's, <laughs> like, she's a perfect hybrid because she's got the LSU like Shaq. So she's got that in the pedigree. To your point, she's tenacious on the court. The other thing that I find interesting, and I didn't know about the Justin Fields news until like I started talking with you two gentlemen tonight. It is indicating to me that there's a sea change right now that's happening in terms of how we're marketing basketball sneakers. And the reason I say this is I've been watching or I was watching the WNBA finals. I can't remember a male Nike basketball player that's gotten a campaign the way Sabrina has for the Sabrina one in a long time. Oh, yeah. And that, to me, indicates that we're seeing basketball in a much more broader sense. And I don't mean that as a sexist pun, but we're seeing it in a much more broader sense than previously thought because of the fact that we're always associating the likes of a Kobe, LeBron, Kyrie, KD when it comes to these larger than life campaigns or these elaborate commercials. Now we're getting that almost exclusively for the likes of a Sabrina or an Angel Reese. And that's an interesting and exciting place to look at from a fan perspective. Yeah. Now that you say that, the only sneaker commercial I've seen in a while has been for the Sabrina ones. Like like legit on TV, like I was watching ESPN, whole commercial. I was like, man, I haven't seen an actual shoe commercial and forever, if it's not like a little, you know, YouTube commercial or something that pops up on social media. So you're right, man. It really, like, there's no other male athlete out there that, that, that I know of. So, I mean, with that being said, I think they're really targeting young athletes. Almost, I don't, definitely not underdogs because with Angel Reese, I mean, champions. So they're not any kind of underdog. But you saw kind of like the, no matter that they wanted to try to put the backlash from her talking trash, like you say, like AI, like, but I feel like it's kind of almost like the scrappy group they're kind of putting together, which could be a good thing. Like, you get these people who are going to get, like, Justin Fields trying to play out of this hole he was in. Clearly, he's playing better now. Um, but it's just like the scrappy group with something to prove almost as opposed to the well-established. It's something to prove, and it's also the fact that what kind of led Angel Reese to become more than basketball famous was the fact that she was directly going against the anointed next one, Caitlin Clark mm-hmm. from Iowa basketball. Yep. And there's that whole mirror image concept, uh, concept of you've got this one girl who's white, who's from middle America, who's playing basketball the right way. And then you have all the dog whistles associated with a young basketball player of African descent in Angel Reese. And I mm-hmm. think 
much like the same way certain forces were trying to sensationalize Allen Iverson as a thug, as a killer. For sure. Like Angel Reese kind of embodied that the way Iverson did. And he's like, you know what? You can put a killer in a suit or you can put him in a white tee. He's still going to be a killer. And that's kind of Angel Reese's ethos, if you will, as yeah. a basketball player. So I get that comparison as well. But it's interesting. Like I, I'm very excited to see with the new college basketball season from a women's perspective – how that's going to shape future athletes because in a way women's college basketball has taken the standing that men's college basketball has in terms of they're doing a lot better job of developing talent and identifying certain younger players as stars on the rise so we used to associate that with men's basketball we're not seeing that as much because i think that sport is as close to dying as possible with the exception of march madness but college women's (laughs) basketball seems to do a lot better job of that now well, yeah, they definitely clear number ones. Like when you number when someone goes number one in WNBA, they're like, oh, they're actually number one. Now with M- with NBA, you're like, oh, let's see what happens. So I mean, to that, what if Reebok signs like Caleb Williams from USC in mm-hmm. football next year? I'm not saying they're going to, but like you to me that have opened the door for these young athletes to see one of their peers, both in age and what they do. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I mean, that Reebok shit looks kind of cool. Like, I would look pretty cool. I mean, just looking through Angel Reese's profile earlier today, I could see her mixing with, like, Cardi B, very much how, like, Nike uses Megan the Stallion to, like, push women's athletics, mm-hmm. um, athletic clothing and stuff, shoes. Yeah. Um, putting Angel Reese in the Cardi B stuff and have, like, Cardi B voiceovers in the commercial. I just made a commercial for you right there. Selling a million. Check. <laughs> but I mean, just the, the youth movement, every brand's kind of having a youth movement. Marketable. The college fields are now open. The pro field has been open. All the brands are trying to make a move. It's very, very interesting. Yep. Um, NIL is also next in line. It's not just name, image, and likeness. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, to the point where Skechers is getting into the basketball game. Julius Randle, the longtime Nike basketball and Kobe fan has been seen wearing Skechers. Was it the SSCX? Is that what the shoe is called? I'm sorry, uh, what? It's called, I think it's called the SCX. Robbie, this is a family show. We have we're going to fact check that name. We got to double, double back on that one. SCX, not SEX. They need to They need to go ahead and change that name immediately. That is going to be a problem. Are those three dudes that are having sex? Like, who are they? Why do I need to know about them? Who thought that was a good idea? No, no is that, I, I think that's what they're called. I, um, I mean, if it's true, I really want to know. Like, I'm gonna go slap them in half. Like, who thought that was a good idea to name them? Like, let's put that on the shoe, and let's watch the memes roll in. I love when you try to find something on your phone. <laughs> it doesn't like, pop nah, up. Ever. We're not. We're not finding this. You're good. But um, as, well, as you're looking, no, well, not okay. only Julius Randall. It's the SKX, not SCX. Uh, uh, that C and K sound. Really better. A percent better. That C and K sound. Well, let me set it up though. So Julius Randle wearing the Skechers SKX, and then Joel Embiid, after having two signature shoes with Under Armour, has also signed. But well, he had two with Skechers. He had two signature shoes that nobody bought. They're also one. not. They're also not marketed. So. Um, Skechers has signed Julius Randle and Joel Embiid from Nike and Under Armour, respectively. Hot take. They don't look bad. The Julius Randle, like the, the lime green joints he's wearing, 
would I ever in the history of my life be caught dead wearing them? No. Does Julius <laughs> Randle work in a major market and does Joel Embiid work in a major market full of people who wear Skechers? That answer is yes. Walking okay. the mean streets of New York, there were mad dads out there in okay. the Skechers. So I many people some, in Skechers. I, I, son, are those the Skechers, though? It's, it's a, the Skechers. The new, the S, those the SKX, son? SK2? But, Look. What'd you say to me? <laughs> All I tell you this. There's always the argument of, oh, if it had a swoosh on it or three stripes on it, you would wear it. I saw that picture. I was like, bro, absolutely not. It looks like something that is on Amazon that they're trying to sell for mm-hmm. like 30 bucks. That and you can you guys know me. I'm always the proponent of let's try something new. I saw that. I, I was immediately just like they can't do this. And I do think it's hilarious though because Skechers was the one who was producing triple B's for Lavar and now they're in like I'm sure he's punching the air somewhere, like vigorously just angry, because now they've got it right. I hope he's I mean, punching I guess the air, they, but, yeah. they got bigger people in them than LeVar, you know, the ball brothers. <laughs> No, I, I hope he's punching the air because Lonzo's lost his career because of poor decision making. Triple B's. But the thing oh. I'm worried about in a similar vein is this. Joel Embiid is a very injury prone player. And for you, as a injury prone player, to take as big of a risk as there is with regards to footwear and a new company that does not have any sort of performance history. That is a big leap to take, and that's a big man to take that big leap. I'm just worried that, like, I just do not want to see Grant Hill 2.0 or Lonzo Ball 2.0. Like, I don't want to see anything. He's too big to be in those shoes. Like, I will counter both of your points here. So, I wouldn't even put Skechers and Big Baller Brand in the same sentence. And that's like a compliment to Skechers. They've been they've been making and designing shoes and releasing shoes for thirty plus years. Oh no, the good big 40? baller brand ones, the ones who were actually the ones they brought out to the masses. I, I say good. No, like... this that's a dad trying to make money off his sons. He's a good dad. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> He's but a good like, dad. I will. I will concede that. Skechers Fair. and and big baller brand do not even put them on the same level. Those shoes were not tested. Skechers, but no, here, here's, here's, here's my real point. They made though. the shoes. They did to make money. They charged three hundred fifty dollars I mean, for shit. They still no, no. Those first they didn't couple do the were, research. It was the second version that were that they made where they were actually playable, like that people did reviews playable. and played on. But I mean, like, they still made them like. because they want to make money. Because people would they, they they're do popular, man. Money. If the same way, why did people make? Why did fidget spinners get made for so long? Because you can make money. <laughs> Okay, that's not, but that's not the same thing, though. Like, no one was getting knees blown out with fidget spinners. They don't care. Do you, you think somebody, the whoever made the fidget spinner, cares that they were destroying <laughs> the school system by having kids be distracted all day long? I mean, it's a real thing. Teachers taking away the fidget spinners in school. Creators don't care. They already made the $5. So, but no, here's the point that I'm getting to. Let me get to this point. So, footwear is definitely an industry. There's people... Yeah. jump around from job to job like banking it's not like you're going from being an automotive salesman to a food distributor right <laughs> whoever made the sketcher shoe i guarantee you used to work at nike or adidas yeah. guarantee I mean, yeah, you I can, whoever designed yeah, yeah. that shoe so whoever yeah, made this shoe infrastructure over though that's yeah. my issue with like but yeah. sketchers has like... been making infrastructure as a footwear brand and i hate sketchers for a very long time 
So if you have the right people, the actual materials, and the R&D, I trust this shoe. Do I, I like I trust, it? I'm just shoe? waiting for the shape-up version. Give me the shape-up version for the That's Let's the, see how that goes. <laughs> if, if Joel Embiid is yeah. the poster child for the resurgence of the shape-up shoe, great. <laughs> Sketcher, you've established that principle. You are the pinnacle of that particular subgenre of the industry. More power to you. But this is performance basketball. And one designer alone or two designers alone, or three designers alone, cannot overturn an entire sea change the way we expect them to. And it's not just basketball. We're starting to see this with uh, soccer or global football as well. They they hired Harry Kane. And I'm Mm -hmm. always for players getting checks because I don't know when they're going to have that injury next and they need to have that nest egg set up. But this is one of those things that I'm worried that by signing with Skechers, he may have accelerated that nest egg needing to come in handier sooner rather than later. Maybe. Well, that's like a – I hate to get off the brand topic, but I see what you're saying because people without experience – it's almost like me going to – I don't know. Let's, let me go. I'm going to go apply to be a truck driver, like an 18-wheel driver, and they give me the job. I don't know what I'm doing. That's like Skechers in basketball – ASIC in soccer, I don't know, or not soccer, but football, they have Stefan Diggs. I'm like, what are you people doing? There's not even a cleat out. And anyway, I'm... No, no here, here's a similar analogy. We're doing a podcast. On some way, shape, or form, the three of us are performers. Would that be fair? Fair, yeah. I'd say so. And there's a reoccurring joke that I've started to instill in these episodes where I always talk about starting an OnlyFans account. <laughs> that is the type of leap that I think Joel Embiid is making. But that is just my opinion, and if you want to disagree with me, you can find me Definitely. on Definitely, and you can make a great point. <laughs> Skechers, they have, I mean, I'm defending Skechers a lot here. They definitely don't make <laughs> basketball shoes historically, but the science behind there, let me use this example. I know somebody who used to work at Nike that works at Allbirds now and is making fantastic Allbirds shoe. I know somebody who used to work at Nike and does the do did the Lululemon um, workout shoe. Yeah, it's not just a designer. They Skechers poached, got people to sign there to work on their basketball division. I guarantee you, with together forty years, and, I shouldn't say guarantees. I do not. Know I don't all. guarantee that. But, but I mean, <laughs> just the way industries work. <laughs> I could go to work right now, and there's going to be somebody new at my bank job. And they're going to say, hey, my name is Joe Smith. I've been in the industry for 30 years. Um, and that's normal. Do they know exactly what we're doing here? No. But does that guy have 30 years of experience? Yeah. No. This is a really that, weird analogy. That makes but... sense. But in the, as, as we all know, in, in the sneaker world, they're not quiet about anything, right? When they're going to do something, we're going to hear about it, and there's going to be a drug out until they've done it. So even when someone leaves to go somewhere else, when New Balance started the basketball division up again, when Puma started the basketball division up again, good Lord, we heard about it for months and months on end until we, like, before we even saw product, right? I, when did we hear anything about Skechers? There was no announcement. And they're, again, they're pretty like, everyone's trigger happy with newsletters of, look, press release. We just got this person designer basketball shoe. I mean, I, I'm not saying I can catch everything that goes through a news cycle because we all have nine to five, so it was impossible. But did you guys see any of that of, hey, we got Eric Avar, he's designing our shoe. You know what I'm saying? Like, clearly, he's still at Nike, but you understand, like, kind of my, my mindset of, like, you should be bragging about the person you brought on, not like, hey, 
I know it's been quiet, but now we got Joel Embiid and Julius Randle in this thing. The thing I also am interested to look at from a dynamics perspective, to borrow Robbie's analogy of Joe Smith and Robbie at the bank, right? That is one thing that if Robbie's going to a new bank, let's say, and he's working with the likes of Joe Smith, what's to prevent Robbie from saying, hey, I respect the fact that you've been here for 30 years, but I'm the new hotness. There was no performance basketball (laughs) division before I got here, or there was no long-term growth before I got here. So if we're going to do this, I was the one that was hired. I'm going to pull rank because I at least have the experience. You may have the infrastructural experience in this company. So that's where, and to your point, Mike, kudos to Skechers. They've won the press conference because we always talk about you can win the press conference Mm -hmm. as much as you can win the game. And we are talking about that right now. So that shows a progress from a Skechers perspective. But to your point, Mike, and I think this really amplifies it. Who is the shiny carrot that they're dangling in front of us as consumers to say, hey, you know what? Even though I have kind of concern about Skechers entering into this particular genre of Mm -hmm. sneaker, because they have designer X, Y, and Z, or because they have a technology DEF, I'm more likely to buy it in. It was just the fact that you want us as a consumer to be wowed by the fact that somebody like a Joel Embiid, a top 10 player on his day, if he's healthy, has join this new upstart performance basketball brand that seems to be the lead when i think if we are probably a little bit nerdier than the average consumer how we started a sneaker podcast we're talking about this for 40 plus minutes we care a little (laughs) bit more about the x's and o's and it's just non-existent yeah sketchers mike you make a great point but they don't market like that they don't like they're going to walk quietly with a big stick and then this Pull the big stick out, apparently. But, but, but Robbie, if I can <laughs> ask like, you this question, if they're in that division, and yes, you're right, Skechers kind of does things the Skecher way. There's always like a 55 year old or a 60 year old ex NFL. Yeah, player. you know what they are. They don't, don't have to market it. You know what? No, you know what they are. Oh, don't true. you feel that if they're going to be in that industry, they need to kind of meet it in the middle, so to speak, and say, you know what? We don't traditionally do this, but we also want to acknowledge our new standing in this industry. So we are going to go outside our comfort zone a little. Yeah, they probably should have, but Nike only rolls out the same three designers once a year over and over again to show, hey, they still work here. They still make these shoes. Um, Four designers. (laughs) But like, I mean, for real though, I mean, Joe Fresh Goods, historically, New Balance's brand motto has been be about the shoes, don't really market that much. In recent years, they found out they kind of need to, hence why you see Joe Fresh Goods' name written it's it's joe fresh goods series four of the made in america do balance like you kind of have to have that um adidas once a year talks about who designed the basketball stuff that year so i don't think it's weird for them not to talk about who that person is literally nike rolls out the same four people every year for the past decade so it's like who knows like the beatles yeah yeah we, we will have to see um it's yeah they run the press conference we just spent a lot of time talking about sketchers and i've spent more time defending sketchers than i ever have in my life sketcher send this man a pair no shape do us. not you no yes. don't get it twisted Don't shape us please I would, shape us. no i mean and I, I and i had this thought how much money would it take for me to professionally wear sketchers if i was joel Embiid? i like to think he got like three straight bags like the back has to be wild. He got paid for Sprite and made great Sprite commercials. So it's probably three times that, I hope. Anywho, 
We've been talking for a while. Let's end on this quick question. Would you buy Nike dumbbells for your house? Yes or no? I'm going to say no because I already am a dumbbell. What about you, Mike? No, because dumbbells already cost an arm and a leg, and I can guarantee Nike's going to crack me over the head with more money. I would say no, because within three to five years, they may be giving them away at work, and that's all I'll say. Dang. You know what? Let me get, I'm going to call a U-Haul out there. When you still, let me get some I didn't up. want to say it, but I've been in those Nike gyms. I'm pretty sure they have all those weights sitting there currently, <laughs> and they're like, Fuck this basketball. Didn't stuff they do this before selling. though? I maybe I'm just one of those the Mandela effect where I no, thought I saw something that didn't. They've I done like, like strength cords and bands. They've done like auxiliary. Okay, maybe that is what it but is. But straight up dumbbell. They literally have those dumbbells in the Bo Jackson building right now. They're just like, ooh, we have a lot of these left. And <laughs> hear me out. If you're a Nike Plus member, are they doing free shipping on that? Are you gonna free ship dumbbells? Hear me out, Nike. That's nah. what I really want to know. Nah, bro. They're going to be like, go ahead, hit me with that $50 shipping because I'm suckers. <laughs> 50 bro. I bought the Bowflex, the ones that have like the crank The interchangeables? Yeah. yeah. I think it was like 100 bucks to ship that thing. I'm Because it weighs like two dumbbells with all the dumbbells attached <laughs> to it. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those things right now that I wish I could share some of the stuff I'm working on right now because – after reading that press release and seeing all that information, I'm like, what are we doing from a row organizational department perspective? But that's yeah. for the well, after hours episode that we will bless you with if you join our Patreon. Logistically, that's... where are those weights right now? Are they in Memphis? Are like they what? might get stolen in Memphis, so don't, don't keep them there. Maybe maybe that's the strategy. You put a twenty five pound weight in every shoebox, so that way it becomes a little bit harder to take away. Well, I just laugh because I always joke and say Nike don't like me, but this is like the first press release I got randomly sent from whoever's handling Nike stuff. I'm like, well, you're really not going to like me after this because this is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it's a trip. It's, it's a trip. That's the best I, way to put I it. I wish them well. Whoever who wants to be the hype beast with Nike weights, you you know we're going to see this in like YouTube videos. Like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm training in my cactus plant flea market with my Nike 45-pound, you know, freaking – Okay, Lord, I'm surprised the dumbbells aren't in different colors. Like, I would really want a Volt set of dumbbells. Oh, black cement. Why we don't have any like Concord color weights? Black cement. That's that's where the price creep comes in. If if they sell (laughs) any of these, they'll price creep an extra thirty bucks. Get some black cement weights on there. So, in my past like four days of looking at Nike stuff, two hundred fifty dollar the Braun dry fit jacket, Nike dumbbells. (laughs) And the well, okay, four things: um, fanatics slash Nike, and the um, have you have either of you seen the Philadelphia Eagles gear fiasco? Mm-mm. So Nike's Nike partnered with fanatics on everything, pretty yeah. much for the NFL, and Nike has sent out multiple, multiple, multiple Jalen Hurts jerseys with the most crooked lettering. I'm talking like the one is this <laughs> way, and it, like. The Hertz is this way and the one is this way. Um, it looks like a sign. <laughs> it's bad, dude. It's it's not a good look. Um and it's the, the most third one I didn't bring up and I skipped right to the Jalen Hurts. The NBA gear this year, Nike people. Well, who do we blame for that though? Is it is it Nike or do we blame the teams for designing that? Because I feel like someone said a no, room in no, the team was Nike no, Nike tells they were there's there's some teamwork, but Nike, for the most part, if you're not a heritage brand, 
they tell you like they they make it here's your gear like that heat culture one woo there's some that looks fake that looks like a fake jersey that you get at the flea market somewhere i never want to say fire somebody but maybe there needs to be some reorganization in basketball. Leave for that person. Let, let him go home for a couple of days or her go home for a couple of days just to Sports think about apparel it. apparel and basketball. Just rethink your life a little bit because it's – Yo, but I'll tell you this. Whoever's on top of the Nike sales right now, you should get a raise because I just bought nonsense for way cheaper than it should have been. So you you get a raise. Did you get those orange 38s? Because – no, I went, dude. I I got the the Air Zoom Generations for eighty three bucks, and the That's Atmosphere awesome. One Lows for a hundred ten. That's a good come up. On I that mean, note, get, I'm, yeah. <laughs> go buy some shoes. Have a good day. Thanks for listening. Peace. See ya. I did not mean to turn it into that and wrote, but I was like, fuck. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.